Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money podcast. It is Thursday, August 26th, and uh, we are trying to help you figure out the next best decision for you and your family. And it is important that you guys understand that the best way for us to do that is for you to send us a note, either ask Jill at jillonmoney.com or If you're on our website, if you're on jillonmoney.com, you can hit the contact button. So you send us your financial question and then also tell us whether or not you're willing to come on the air. And when you come on the air, things get better and better. It's really much more interesting for everyone else listening because who wants to hear me talk the whole time? And also it's better for you because sometimes when we're on the air and we talk, we uncover other issues. So today we are going to talk to someone who has been listening to us for a few years and he's asked us a few questions, but we want to go to the next level. So Mark cajoled him into coming on the air with us. So when we return, it will be Johnny in New York City who is going to uh, tell us a little bit about what he's doing in terms of paying down a mortgage or not paying down a mortgage. So we'll do that right after this. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Okay, you're back. It's Ion Money. Mark, are you mm. ready to get Johnny some smart, thoughtful ways of thinking about his money? Well, we'll do our best, yeah. Uh, you can do it. All right, Johnny. Johnny boy, how are you? I'm great. I'm so, so appreciative that you guys are taking the time to <laughs> So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us why you need our help. Well, it's been quite a roller coaster, honestly, the last 18 months, uh, although not as an extreme a roller coaster as many people have been through. Uh, so I'm 31, uh, live in New York. I live in a co-op apartment. Uh, I'm a graphic designer by trade and have had many roles over the last eight plus years since I launched my career. So that's actually been kind of what's informed a lot of my financial thinking over the years and how I plan and think about money as much as New York City forces you to anyway when you're not a bazillionaire here. And so I've had the, uh, for the last 18 months, I've had the ability to save a lot of money very aggressively. I've been freelancing before when I was going from role to role, honestly. Uh, which was very hard to build up a cushion when I thought I had a safe job and then all of a sudden the job didn't work out. That's happened more than once. And so now I've kind of, my thinking on money has really shifted in terms of, I try to think of it in terms of like how I can make myself like harder to, uh, harder to cancel financially, basically by, I have a really robust kind of emergency safety net. I'm very meticulous about how I budget month to month. So I know how much I need to live on and everything. And so where I'm at is I have currently a a mortgage on my co-op that I'm looking to refinance and do a cash out refi 
take out some of that equity because uh, as I've heard so many times on your program that, you know, you're kind of very much anti paying down a mortgage because how much liquidity you lose when you put it back into the house or the apartment, I'm thinking, well, what if I did the opposite and take that liquidity out so I could have that cash and I could choose to invest it as I would like? Uh, mm -hmm. What I'm really looking to do is diversify as much as possible. So as a freelancer, I've come to very much appreciate what it means to be diverse because when I've worked, I've learned this lesson the hard way. When I work for one company, it's kind of like having just one client. And if you lose the job, your only client, you're up, up the creek. Uh, mm. And so I've looked not only to diversify as a freelancer, but also outside of my traditional role as a designer, where else can I earn money? So for a while, I Airbnb the guest bedroom of my apartment, which I haven't done in, you know, since the pandemic started and probably won't go back to. Uh, I've taught classes. I've you know, picked up odd jobs here and there. And, and I've been able to put a lot of money away and invest in uh, high yield savings account, uh, betterment, you know, taxable accounts and things like that. So I'm thinking of extending that by pulling more equity out of the apartment. But one of the things that piqued my interest and made me want to reach out, um, and so sorry for joining on, was that uh, investing in a way that I can maybe use the money from, say, dividend payouts to supplement my monthly budget. Mm. The money that I generate, you know, from dividends through my all the ETFs through Betterment just gets reinvested in those funds. But I'm thinking I found, you know, on a site like NerdWallet, a list of, you know, ETFs that are specific and generate, you know, mid to high single digit dividend payments. And I thought, oh, if I could put, you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars in some of those, would that generate, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month? And that would be a great kind of supplement that I wouldn't have to worry so much about my ability to like perform and put more hours, working hours into the day. Yeah. Instead of you doing the work, you get your money to do the work. Exactly. Let's get down to some of the money stuff. How much money do you have on hand in cash right now? I have about $110,000. Okay. The refinance has not closed yet. And how much is the co-op worth? 360000 What's the outstanding debt right now on it? What's your current mortgage? Just under 140000 Okay. And what's the rate now, currently? I have a 15-year fixed at 3.375. And tell me what's going to happen at the refi. What, what are you doing? Are you doing another 15 or are you going to a 30? I'm going to a 30 because, again, I want that free cash flow because I want that lower monthly payment. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I originally took out my first mortgage, I was like, oh, I can't be in debt for 30 years. That's crazy. Give me the 15 year. Um, but now I'm like, oh, actually, it could be nice to have that flexibility every month. So I'm going yeah. to do a 30 year fix at 2.5. Whoa, that's great. And what is the cash out amount? So what will the total mortgage be when you're done with this? I'm looking at uh, $216,000. And what will your payment change from and to? What will the what's your current mortgage payment right now? Fourteen hundred seventeen dollars and change monthly, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then it would drop to about I calculated about eight fifty. So you're going down. You're going to be able to save that extra money. Not only are you going to get the cash out, yep. you're also going to have a monthly drop that's pretty significant, and right. you're you're willing to capture that, not just spend it to continue to build up your asset base, right? That is the dream. 
It's not the dream. It's going to be a reality in about three weeks. You've got 110 grand in cash. Tell us more about what else you have put aside. What else, do you have any non-retiring? You said, I think you said Betterment. You were doing commercials for everybody. Betterment, Nerd Wallet. Who else do you want to do a commercial for? <laughs> well, I heard about all of them on this show. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay. How much is it Betterment? My total investments with Betterment are about 150000 spread over a few accounts, including my IRAs. Oh, how much? Let's break it down, though. Let's do non-retirement to retirement. So what's in non-retirement assets? So non-retirement assets include about, I think, 90000 in total with Betterment over two taxable accounts. Why two? I know. I know this was going to come up. One of them is very aggressive, and I thought let's shoot for the moon. And the other is much more conservative in terms of the bond equity split. And I thought, oh, that could be a sort of a safety net account that won't mm. fluctuate as much. And then years later, I thought, well, why not just average them out? And have yes, them out? that's exactly what I'm thinking. But and maybe you can just combine those because it's a little bit easier to manage. So and then there's 60 grand in retirement in, in IRA or Roth IRA. Yeah, both. A uh, Roth IRA, which I contribute to weekly, and then a traditional IRA, which is rollovers from previous 401ks. I also have a 401k with a current employer that I am a W-2 employee of, and a 403b from my uh, teaching at uh, local colleges, which yeah, all combined retirements have about 60000 I mean, just in general, how much did you make, let's say 2020 and what are you on track for 2021? Right, 2020 was a horrible year for me financially. My adjusted gross income was about 60,000. Mm-hmm. And 2021 is looking to be a very bumper year for me uh, because my freelance stuff started to really pick up really well. And I'm looking at closer to $100,000 for this year. When you were made 60, I mean, you weren't really doing anything, but you could pay your bills and everything was okay? I managed, yeah. Well, both because I went into personal financial lockdown and cut down on expenses, and also the pandemic really helped to make that easy. (laughs) Okay. So when you have this, let's see, 60, 75 grand that comes out of the cash out, the refi, is it earmarked to do anything? Do you need to do anything in the apartment? Is there anything that will necessitate spending some money right away? Uh, No, there isn't. Um, I mean, I could always dream up. I would love to redo my bathroom and kitchen, though it's not necessary. And I don't really plan on moving any time soon from the apartment. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I wasn't planning to earmark that for any purchase. No. Okay. So you didn't, there's no debt besides the mortgage. In other words, on 60 grand, you were able to go into lockdown and pay your bills, right? I did have to dip into my emergency savings a touch, but I was, uh, but I I was just fortunate that I had that, uh, but I only had to do that once. But otherwise, yeah, I was able to live. Is there any reason why we need to keep the old rollover IRA? A Can we just convert that into a Roth? Yeah, there's not much in there. I honestly never, I always thought about keeping it around because uh, I might leave from teaching and have to roll over the 403B into that account or leave my current job and have to roll over its 401k. Mm. So I kind of just kept it so I wouldn't have to continually open new rollovers. Uh, I see. I see. Mark, do we need to convert this right away or do we need to, what do you want to do with this? I mean, even if he does convert it, he's not closing it. So the account will still be there. Right. So you can, you can convert it. How much money is in there? 
There's only like five to six thousand dollars in the in the rollover. Yeah. I would just do it. Mark says do it, then do it. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Now, about this idea about investing with dividend-producing stuff, the way I look at this is there is a good chunk of money in cash, which I know you will never part with because you've now had this moment where you're like, oh my God, I have seen and felt what it means to feel, to be scared, right? And you had the money and that was what it was there for. So you want to keep it, you want to keep a pretty healthy cash cushion, correct? Yeah, I feel very, it's like a financial security blanket. Instead of looking at this as, oh, I want dividend producing stocks. I really just think you need a more balanced approach to the investing, right? So I think the non-qualified accounts should be combined into one account. When you put the extra $75,000 in there, what I would say is that this non-qualified account should not be as aggressive as, say, your Roth accounts, because this is money you may need to dip into eventually. When you look at the the extra savings from the refi, um, then that money automatically gets shoved into this non-qualified account. The only other thing I would mention is, you know, you have money that's going into various retirement accounts. Do you think with extra cash flow that you could put more than $6,000 a year away into a Roth and whatever else you're doing in the retirement accounts? Is there more money you can set aside for retirement? So, yeah, I'm getting my company match of 5%. But between the company 401k with the match plus the Roth IRA contributions Mm -hmm. and the 403b, of which I put 50% of my earnings from teaching into the 403b because I don't need that money to live on month to month, Mm -hmm. I'm putting away about 15,000 this year towards retirement. That's great. I mean, we want you to get to 19.5. I just want you to know that. Mark's about to chime in with that, not putting enough away. So Mark, do you want to just put in your own words? 19.5. 19.5. Let's go. Let's go. 19.5, he says. Let's go. Let's get to 19.5. That's what we want for you. That's the, isn't that the cap for 401ks? Or you want that to be the total amount of money I put away through all the various? Yeah, all the various is fine. Like if you can put 19.5 away, we'll be very happy. Okay. And you will be able to do it. You can cash flow it with the money that is from the savings in your mortgage payments. Right. And then whatever's left then put into your non-qualified Betterment account. But I do think you should have a lower risk profile in that account. If you want to take risk, jam the risk into the Roth. That is where you have the longest time horizon. And if you take a ton of risk and you happen to hit it big, there's also not going to be a tax consequence. So it's far better to do it in that account. Yeah, the two existing taxable accounts, one is a a 90-10 stock bond and the other... The other is a 
I don't know. Mark, what do you think for an allocation? Given his age? Yeah. Overall, 80-20. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking 70-30 because I'm a wimp. But you know what? You have a lot of cash. So 70-30, that's the kind of thing for retirement accounts if you can handle the risk. In the non-qualified, if you want it to be like 70-30, 65-35, because that's a money you may or may not need. That's one thing. But I, I think you're pretty cash heavy. So that gives you a little bit of an opportunity here to be more aggressive, not wildly aggressive, not dumb, but more aggressive at least. And in the retirement accounts, I don't think you have any, there's not like a huge risk for money that's going to be sitting around for 30 years. I'm comfortable with that. I do feel that the extra cash gives me, you know, license to be, you know, more aggressive with investing, especially given the long time horizon. Yeah. I try to tell all my friends, like the most valuable thing you have is time. You Uh, bet. You invest and they're just like, I'll get around to it later. Let's go to brunch. Uh, (laughs) As we like to say in the community, there's no I in brunch. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're in good shape. I, I like this. I think having that flexibility of putting more money away because of the refi is great. So let's get that deal closed and um, let's clean some stuff up a little bit and put, put some more money into retirement. I think you will be happy to have done that. I really do. Okay. I was gonna, I was gonna, how do you feel about not going down the route of dividend paying ETFs? Right. So that's ultimately what you're suggesting is give up that dream of generating a little extra income through that kind of strategy altogether. I don't think you need that. Why do you need dividend producing stocks that, by the way, create more taxable income for you? This is the mentality. I'm not not saying this is you, but this is the mentality of the fire movement. This is what these people do. They get these dividend paying stocks and they live on, you know, $30,000 a year. Yeah, but this, this guy, our Johnny, is not doing that. Our Johnny has his house. It's a great deal. You got a great mortgage. You're happy working. You're not saying you're going to retire and live off this money anytime soon. You like to work. I still think that for now, you're in accumulation phase. Even if you were to have the ability to have some financial independence, let's say, let's just say by the time you're 50, you say like, oh, in 20 years, I want to be hopefully financially independent and turn down work whenever I want to. You will be. But I don't think you need to create dividend producing slash taxable assets. It doesn't make any sense to me. I would just say if you're 70, 30, move ahead, rock and roll, put as much money as you can into that retirement account, whatever, 19.5, and then you're going to have a lot of great options, but you don't need the money to create income for you. You are an income creation machine yourself. And, you know, I with last year being the weird year, it seems to me that you really have figured out how to, let's see. I mean, if there's some reason why your your income starts dropping again, maybe we'd have a different conclusion. But for one, from what you're saying, I don't think so. I think you're in good shape. And by the way, this is your this is your home. You plan on being there for a long time. If you really want a new kitchen or a new bathroom, go ahead and do it. Enjoy it. Oh, Mark. Go of, of the cash in the emergency fund or reallocate some of that because you just stare at that number and you just marvel at it and be like, I could never withdraw from that. Even if you have, I mean, really, especially if there's something you really want to do and you know that your cash flow is going to be really much better this year once you get this refi done, Mm -hmm. you know, I would use some of the money that came out if you really want to make improvements to your co-op. If you said, like, I want to take of my 75 that comes out, I want to take 25 and update my kitchen, then do it. I mean, you have a financial asset called an apartment. You should actually invest in it. 
and it shouldn't be, you know, a crappy place. You're, you know, you're working hard. You should be able to enjoy that. And that could be, by the way, um, you know, when you do a cash out refi, you're not supposed to count the cash out amount as part of your mortgage interest deduction because it's supposed to be the only thing you can deduct is what comes out and is associated with that debt on the house or the apartment. So if you're going to do it, I would do it now. And and like, why not? Because uh, I'm scared of home construction projects. <laughs> I mean, listen, who isn't? This is why we live in apartments, because like we're not handy, you know, but you're a designer. You should have like you at least should have a good eye. I'll send you some pictures. My living room is gorgeous. I bet it is. <laughs> Johnny Rocket from New York City. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to help you out. And we thank you for listening all these years. We really do. um, It means a lot to us that you took the time to give us a shout. So really happy that you were able to join us. If you, like Johnny, need some help, you want some extra cash flow, you want to know how to prioritize, give us a holler. Just send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. If you're on our website, JillOnMoney.com, you know what you can do? You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter and you can always hit the contact button and ask us your question. And you can also follow us here at uh, the Eye on Money broadcast at Apple, wherever you get your favorite podcast. If you're on our website, you can subscribe to our sister podcast called Jill on Money. Okay, let's do this. Let's do something nice for someone else today and maintain that mantra front of mind, even in the dog days of August, curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.